0: Hey, what's up, guys? It's Rico here, CEO of Asia, co-host of the Made in China podcast, host of the Asia YouTube channel. And in this podcast, I had a chance to catch up with China Mike, um, or Chang Mike, as he's now known as. And uh, we were just talking about what we did during Chinese New Year. So as you guys have probably guessed by now, because I've probably mentioned it a few times in the podcast and, of course, on the YouTube channel, I spent a month in Manila in the Philippines, during Chinese New Year, um, it was a little bit of a work-slash-vacation and I was just talking about my experiences there, um, the people that I met, the type of entrepreneurs that you can meet, the differences between, um, in my opinion, uh, places like Manila and the Philippines and China. And then Mike, of course, did his thing during Chinese New Year, which is usually to come out to China with a bunch of um, professional, -professional, ex-professional and semi-pro basketball players, to play in tournaments all over the country. So we talked about that. So it's a little bit of a wild ball update. If you guys have been uh, long-time listeners listeners of the podcast, there's two episodes that we've done on a wild ball. I can't remember the exact uh, episode numbers. I think one is episode 14. Um, And another one would be more recent. But definitely have those in the show notes. So check them out on the website. Um, Yeah, check out the YouTube channel. We've got a lot of interesting content coming through the pipeline. Um, The last video I think I did was china versus other southeast asian countries for manufacturing uh which was just a it's a common question i get asked a lot of times as people want to know is it better to go to china for their product or is it better to think about going to some of the surrounding countries like the philippines like indonesia like um vietnam or cambodia so definitely check that out and uh without further ado enjoy the podcast also by the way um now we're now available on spotify so if you want to listen to podcasts on spotify if that's how you consume your podcast then check us out there cheers
1: i don't want to be a product of my environment i want my environment to be a product of me So, uh, what's up? So, how uh, the fuck are you, huh? Hey, how's it going over there? All right, man. I'm in uh, some western suburb of Chicago. They got all these little, like, downtown areas in and around the uh, train stations. They kind of look, I don't know, we call them, like, old towns. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like old school buildings and a bunch of storefronts and, you know, cafes and brew houses and stuff like that. But this one's pretty—it's pretty nice over here, man. A lot of of artsy shit, you know? The theater that puts on plays and um, all these little uh, performance troupe uh, locations. It's pretty cool.
2: You you mean like uh, improv people?
1: Yeah, yeah. Little improv groups or like uh, artistic um, expression, dance, all kinds of nonsense over here. Seems like a little bit of an artist community. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm
2: just, my first week official week back in office. I was I came into office on Saturday, Saturday, but you know, first uh, weekday was Monday. Uh, just got back from
1: the Philippines less than a week ago. So. How is the transition staying somewhere like the Philippines? Which, although I have not been, I know what you were doing in Manila. I know a lot of people out there, and I know the kind of vibe that is in you know Chiang Mai is similar in. You know, it's different, but has a lot of similarities to Manila. So coming back to China and how the way things are there, how how are you doing? Uh, well, first you know, of all, that was the longest mentally,
2: time. Emotionally? Well, uh, mild depression, suicidal thoughts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> first of all, that was the longest time that I spent outside of China since I moved here. You know? um, wow. So, so that was Four the,
1: years, huh?
2: Yeah. So one month a full month out of China so I actually kind of like yeah. completely forgot what my life was like in China like I literally forgot you know it was like I, I got so immersed in in Manila life <laughs> that yeah I, I completely blanked out you know so when I got back I was like I remember when I got back it was pretty late it was like 3 o'clock in the morning and I walked into the apartment and then you know, I just was like, oh yeah, this is, oh, you know, it was like, you know, reality kind of hit. Even, I think the first thing that hit me was like just dealing with, uh, you know, getting a getting my DD and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh. And then I was like, all right. Uh, then, then I wanted to check because I started using like Facebook and stuff because that's how pe- people communicate in Manila is like Facebook Messenger and sometimes Instagram. And I wanted to check a message that I got because I got a notification And, you know, you can get the notification without the VPN being on. So I go there and I tried to open it. I was like, oh, have to connect to the VPN. And then my VPN had expired because I wasn't renewing it, because I wasn't using it. Um, And I was just like, all right, so we're back in China. You know, VPN struggles, you know.
1: (laughs) And then... All right, basic basic life functions are going to take a little bit longer.
2: Yeah, so then, I mean, I think the thing that I did just to make myself, like jump back into it because I arrived on Thursday Friday I slept I think the biggest thing that hit me though is like when I woke up I slept like half of the day because mm-hmm. I arrived so late and then when I woke up just looking outside I was like the it was just gray skies and its it was relatively cold so and I was like that was the thing that hit me the most because man like I don't know if this is specific to Manila like I've never seen such beautiful sunsets and such beautiful uh sunrises ever like That's so cool. i haven't seen that and i've been to the fucking serengeti in, in africa like um, those are beautiful like sunsets as well like in in uh, the, the the plains whatever but i mean that was just like like i'm talking about like a deep orange sunset like beautiful beautiful stuff so like that Coming from that and then I when I woke up it was like gray skies. I think that was the biggest thing that hit me was just like yeah. fuck this weather. Like I'm not gonna see that type of sunset for like a minute, you know, I'm not gonna see that that sort of blue sky with the sun for a while. But you know what? I just threw myself back into it. I was like, all right, let's let's go to Mikasa, let's go like have a meal, touch base, like just kinda get back into life. And then Saturday I was like, Let me go to the office, let me go to the gym, you know, just threw myself back into it and then I'm kind of I'm back into the routine. But I, I one thing I, I am feeling is I, I feel like getting that taste is so not lit a fire un, under my ass, but it's just kind of reinvigorated me. It was like it did what a vacation is supposed to do, even though it was a work mm-hmm. slash vacation. But it also just reminded me about like what I'm working towards.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Um, how... Would you describe overall just the entrepreneur scene there in Manila?
2: I think it's quite similar to Hong Kong, um, except you know it's like like a tenth of the cost to live there. Um, <laughs> so what I mean by that is you have a lot of like established, you know, uh, successful corporations there, and then you have a lot of like people in the banking industry. It seems like banking is, is is a major thing in Manila. Obviously, with Manila being the capital. Um, and then you have a lot of yeah. you have a lot of uh, tech startups and and just um, yeah, a lot of tech startups and a lot of investment firms popping up now, like a lot of like vC VC firms and things like that. Um, and then you have this influx of foreigners who are flooding Manila for either either to take up you know CEO or CFO positions and yes. in, in, the, in these companies or. Um, or they're coming in and starting their own companies. So what I noticed in terms of the entrepreneurship scene versus like Guangzhou is like, I just feel like obviously Guangzhou is a you know ninety percent manufacturing focused, but I just felt like the type of entrepreneurs I was meeting were uh, expat wise were just working on a different playing field. You know, they were dealing with seven figures, you know, or high six figures, um, in, in sales revenue or or profit. You know,
1: um. And- Was that just the network that you were rolling in, or you feel like in general that's more of the case there, a la Hong Kong, where, you know, you're dealing with a di- different kind of uh, playing field, as you said, income bracket type of entrepreneur?
2: Um, I think I think it's both. I think. In it just in comparison to Guangzhou, I think there's more. Like, I mean, there's no there's no one teaching English in Manila. Like, I mean, unless they're an actual teacher. Okay, you know? right, yeah, of course. So that's that's one of those things. Right. Like, if you were to be some guy who wants to live on thousand dollars a month or two thousand dollars a month in Manila, it's like you better be running a business or have some sort of job because you're not just gonna show up there right. and get an English teaching job out of nothing. You know, so that already weeds out a ton of people. And I think most people don't think of going to the Philippines for the for the digital nomad type stuff like they think of going to Chiang Mai or they think of going to
1: yeah, Vietnam and,
2: you know Indonesia the Bali um mm-hmm. people for whatever reason are not thinking about the Philippines so yeah, I think there's not as much not a, not as much yeah so I think there's definitely like a higher class of entrepreneurs there. It's probably not as re- it's probably not as prevalent as Hong Kong just because it is cheaper like you can like there are more i would say there are more like single person digital nomad type startups probably in manila than there are in hong kong because mm-hmm. like i mean i met
1: i met a couple you can survive uh, for an extended period of time on not a lot of money there whereas in hong kong you're going broke after a month
2: yeah exactly but the difference is the the difference between a, I, I think a digital nomad type person starting a let's say you take the same guy he he launches a digital marketing company right and he's outsourcing his work to people on Upwork or whatever. If he's in Chiang Mai, he's maybe making $1,000 a month or $2,000 a month, uh, and then he's okay and he's comfortable, and you know he's meeting a lot of people there in the same boat. If he's in Manila, he's making $1,000, $2,000 a month, then he's okay and he's comfortable, but he's going to be surrounded by a bunch of people. If he's actually actively networking, he's going to be surrounded by a lot of entrepreneurs that are making 20 times what he's making. So it's just, it's just going to push you to take things further. Yeah. I mean, it's even for me, like I was just geeked to be around a ton of people that were more successful than me. Like I was just really happy about that. I was like, yeah, this is awesome. Like I'm meeting people that are in similar fields in fields that I can support or, you know, they can support me. and, And then they're also doing, you know, way larger numbers than we are and then it kind of gives me an idea of like okay so if we want to get to that stage this is what we need to do you know and also i mean you have to it's also taking advantage of the fact that you are in manila right like so like if you're most of the people that are running digital marketing agencies or some of the guys that are selling on amazon and have a va doing you know managing their stores they're fucking located in the philippines like all of the people that people are outsourcing work to well, not all but most of the people that people are outsourcing work to are in the philippines so it's like I'm, I met a guy who's running a digital marketing agency there and obviously his his um, most of his staff are you know based in the Philippines but he he also like actually gets to interview them in person. So even though they they're working remotely and stuff like that but he actually gets to interview them in person and then every once in a while you know they'll come and meet him and you know you'll have like an all hands on deck in person like so it just it changes things i think things move faster you
1: you have more control over over your, your work? By the time this episode is released, will the um, any of the conversations that you had with the owner of the co-working space already be up? Wait, you
2: did? That's what I was saying. I sent you the link to watch the video. It's already up.
1: <laughs> like, no, for the YouTube, yeah, but for the podcast?
2: Yeah, probably. Well, no, because I, I probably want to release this podcast well no 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 the goals podcast i want to release as soon as possible. So yeah maybe i'll release this after after i do the the podcast with with noel. Okay.
1: Yeah but already, the ones on youtube's already up so people can already see that. Yeah you're getting down to just a, a lot of the conversations that we had while you were out in manila were focused around you know your experience there your time there just how cool that place was and the different type of people that you're meeting through your, you know, relationships that you're beginning to, to form there.
2: Yeah. I mean, we already got a client off of one of the relationships, right? Um, I'm saying I'm supposed to send yeah. him a proposal today. Uh, and, you know, he's ready to move immediately. Uh, like, it's just, it's just, just off of like me meeting one person, you know, we, that, that one client is probably going to pay for my entire trip in, in Manila. Like, <laughs> and then and then uh, and then on top of that, like the a couple guys that are that I met we were probably gonna launch a, a product together
1: yeah, that place sounds pretty spectacular man it's one of those spots seems like one of those places where you know on one hand you want to tell everyone about it on the other hand, you're like, I don't want to tell everyone about it because I want you know I still want to access it at all times kind of kind of like the the spy go to in Guangzhou it's like it's 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 so cool, and I want that to be like my own private spot. But at the same time, you know, I want to tell everybody about it because it's so dope. So I mean, yeah, that's
2: funny because even Noel, he's the CEO and co-founder of the Refined. So that's the video that we have up on YouTube, which is like a bar slash massage men's spa slash gentlemen's club slash barbershop slash place where you can play video games slash like coworking space slash a uh, place where you can play poker as well. Um, so check that video out. And he was saying the same thing. He was like, you know, it seems like at this stage now the secret's out. Like there's a lot more people flooding towards Manila. Um and you know, mm. they they joke about like don't tell anybody and I felt like that when I was there. I was like I was telling Harrison, I was like, Yeah, maybe I shouldn't talk about how awesome this place is on the podcast Like, <laughs> like For real. I was like, maybe I
1: should. I always say that about Osoto, man, because every time I show up to Osoto and I can't get in because it's it's at capacity, I'm like, Man, Wish the word never got out about this place. It's just being my own private little playground. Yeah. Yeah. But
2: at the same time it's like, yeah, I can't I can't necessarily it's it's a it's a catch 22, right? Because the more expats we get over there, the better it is, right? Um it's just kind of like yeah. you want the people to find it organically rather than just like a bunch of people showing up, you know, like but. But yeah, when we do, they do need more people there. They do need more expats. Like even I was talking to the, to those guys, and they're like, "Yeah, they, they're building a community, and they want young, you know, uh, ambitious entrepreneurs to to, to to be there and like you know develop the community." So that's why I felt like I was very welcomed as well with the guys that I met. Like they seemed to be like genuinely excited with the idea of me moving there. And then even like to the point where, in well, my last couple of days, they were like trying to get me to commit to a date. <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, I was like, man, like I can't do that. I have to go back and like deal with real life in China for a bit, and then you know we'll figure it out. But I'll definitely be back as soon as possible. Yeah, for real. I'm trying to go back with you, man. Check it out. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, other than that, I mean, let's, in terms of the lifestyle, just to close it off, like you know, I, the reason I'm part of it also reminds me of Hong Kong because. The, from a partying perspective, or just a, a craziness perspective, like Hong Kong has, it's like an adult playground, right? Like it's a, uh, it's the same thing, yeah, yeah. same thing in Manila. Again, it's just like one tenth the price, so <laughs> your money just goes so much right. further. Like I was hanging out on rooftop bars every other day, like uh, you know, and it's like yo, know, you go to a rooftop and you order you know, like paella, Spanish paella and maybe a some sort of appetizer. And then you get like a couple cocktails and your bill comes out to like $40 total. It's like, <laughs> it's just,
1: it's just like, Oh my God. How is this even, yeah, how is this even fair? Chiang Mai level. yeah. If, In Hong Kong, you spend $40 on a, you know, on a street
2: meal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean uh, it, like, Oh yeah, I want to, I guess I'll do a little bit of a breakdown of the, how the city, unfolds. Like the biggest issue of Manila is traffic. Uh, it's crazy. It's ridiculous. Like Something that would be ordinarily a five-minute walk, um, if you're crossing the bridge from Mandalayong into Makati, it, literally, there's a bridge there that would take five minutes to walk across. But that bridge was under construction, so you had to take another bridge. But even that was like maybe 10 minutes. But with traffic... It was like a fucking 30 minute journey, you know? Like, I was like, you're like, I could literally see my destination and I can't get there because there's all this traffic. Um, and so the, the city kind of breaks, breaks down into five major cities. I don't remember, into five major sections. I don't remember all of them, but I remember Manduleong is a major one. It's kind of, it's kind of north. Uh, and then Makati, which is kind of like the old downtown area um and then there
1: what is what is that like i'm just just curious for the sole fact that makati is a popular um Bard? destination in 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 hong kong yeah. certain days of the week yeah. in terms of oh, it's uh, the same. having a I, I can time. see why
2: they named is i can it, see why they named makati makati in hong kong they named it after makati yeah. in 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 <laughs> in Manila But uh, it's, a, it's a certain yeah. section of Makati Like specifically the place is Burgos, Burgos Street um, okay. Burgos Street is basically Like that strip in Wanchai It's kind of like the same thing except uh, Just on a different Level Like <laughs> it's like just t- of, times of debauchery de- Of debauchery just times 10 You know um, Oh wow
1: well, That's saying something because you know For those of you who have been to uh, Wanchai it can it can it can turn up? Yeah, yeah. No, Burger Street is Burger Street is
2: something else. Um, so then, yeah, but then there's also like a newer areas of Makati, like the Bel Air area, where it's more residential, and new condos, and and um, some of the some of the banks are located there and stuff like that. And then BGC is like the Tianhe, you know, Liada area. It's brand new. They planned it out. The roads are bigger. The sidewalks are bigger. They have one-way streets to control traffic. Like there's barely any traffic in BGC. Like uh, once you get into BGC, it's almost like being in a completely different city. Like, um, but it's very small. And I felt, I felt. I mean, I liked it. Like if I if I moved to Manila, that's probably where I'd stay. Um, but I felt it wasn't as cheap. Like I mean, BGC's pricing was maybe a little bit cheaper than China. Like yeah, slightly cheaper than China, but I mean, drinks are cheaper, obviously, but like food wise. like if I went and got like a, a you know a steak or something like that or even a salad, like I felt like the prices weren't that much cheaper than China. Um, there are certain foods that in China are just ridiculously expensive just because I guess they have to import things like yeah. but you know it, it was like, oh okay, this place isn't that cheap, but accommodation is is still relatively cheap. And then I also felt that BGC's kind of like, uh, it 's like a curated version of the Philippines. like you don 't see poverty you don 't see any dirt or uh, any uh, like uh trash or whatever
1: so like you said it 's the it 's the new town Lieda yeah the, of
2: there are no homeless people manila. which is just like it 's i mean that 's yeah. just not true there 's homeless people in manila like so like the the thing that I like about makati is it 's a little bit raw like I stayed in this place called the Gramercy. So if you guys Google the Gramercy, mm-hmm. the Gramercy is like probably one of the best buildings in the city. It's right, unfortunately, attached to a Trump Tower, <laughs> but like from most from most sections of the city, you can see the Gramercy, and it's fucking amazing. Like I have a video on YouTube at the beginning of the last video that we released, not not the um, not the current one, but the the previous video, which I don't remember, but I'll we'll link it up in the show notes. At the beginning of that video, I'm recording as I'm sitting like on the, you know, the rooftop swimming pool area, and then I showed that area. It's really, really amazing, like really amazing building. But as soon as you walk out, like if you walk out of that building, three minutes later, you're gonna see homeless people asking for money, like lying on the street. Um, and then if you walk a little bit further, like three minutes, f- three to four minutes further, then you're on that Burgo Street area, which I was talking about, which is the craziness. Like, so Makati is like. You have wealth mixed in with poverty, and for me, that felt a little bit more authentic and real. But at the same time, yeah. if I'm living there, I don't know if I necessarily want to walk out of my apartment and then be thrown into that craziness, you know?
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, how 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 is it in terms of safety, especially compared to somewhere like Hong Kong? Uh,
2: I mean, you know, there's way. I mean, it's hard to say. I don't. I I never. I didn't have any issues. Um. Yeah, and I I don't know. Like I live in Asia, like I don't. I'm not worried. I, I think if I was to guess, I would say probably the Philippines is more dangerous than Hong Kong. But who knows, man? I right. it's just you know, don't be stupid. Yeah. Don't fight with the locals, like it, like with any place. I think one thing yeah, that
1: same same same, same rules apply, but it's still Southeast Asia, which means it's relatively safe compared to to most other parts of the world. Yeah,
2: I think one thing that people. Uh, people notice especially westerners who haven't spent that much time in southeast asia like there's a lot of guns uh, it, there's definitely a huge gun gun culture in the philippines like you see you know ad- oh, wow. advertisements for gun stores everywhere that i think that was brought over by the american influence um and then and then like yeah you'll see security guys standing outside of buildings holding a shotgun or banks and coffee, even sometimes even a coffee shop, you'll be like a security guy standing outside, um, you know, holding an automatic weapon, but it's like, it's normal. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not like anything happens on a daily basis. It's just, it's just, it is what it is. You just have to get used to seeing that um, and, and
1: don't, so. I've read, I got one more question for you. I've read a lot in the past, you know, I don't know how long it's been since he took power, two years about that president to to Duarte, Duarte, you know, and just how he's running things and cracking down on drugs and stuff like that. Do you feel that all at all in Manila, or is that more on the outskirts and the smaller areas?
2: So about Duarte, Um, yeah, actually, so obviously that was something that I, I, I was aware of and, you know, you see the news and whatever, like, and I just like, the more you actually go to these places and you, versus what you hear on the news, you just realize like how much bullshit there is on the news. Um, this, he is cracking down on drugs, but he's cracking down on drugs, unfortunately only in the poor areas outside of the city. So like in, in Manila, I mean, I met people like. You know who? Uh, you know they take they partake in 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 these uh, in, in mind altering mind altering altering substances, um, and yeah, I mean they were not worried about it. Like no one stressed about I mean, nightclubs. There were people literally doing that stuff in bathrooms and shit like that. And no one in the city's worried about it. It's he's going after poor people, unfortunately. So okay. Yeah. Yeah, political opponents, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's so politics. Interesting.
1: So yeah. Interesting, man. Well I cannot I cannot wait to come and uh check it out, man. It sounds sounds pretty dope. Yeah. Um definitely wanna check out the gentleman's club uh co working space and Yeah, and the the beautiful skies and yeah man sounds 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 awesome
2: yeah I mean you could pretty much do anything there like you, if you want you could just be you know hustling grinding entrepreneurship all day or you can also just be like partying you know every day of the week or you could fly out to the islands that's another thing that um one of the guys pointed out to me he was like just to, just think about like being in a situation where you're living in a city that's as vibrant as you know like in New York or whatever but on the weekend, for you know, 150 bucks return, you could fly out and go surfing. You fly out for like an hour and a half or two hours yeah. and go surfing and hang out. You know, and yeah, for sure.
1: I mean, that's the same situation in Bangkok. You know, yeah. yeah, similar, similar. And
2: and of course, the the language, like the gap. That's all thing is like, I mean, it's so westernized. Like, it's so crazy. I, I think. It's because of uh, apparently the u.s saved Manila in, in one war I mean the Philippines in, in a specific war and then because of that they they were able to set up a ton of military bases there I think it might have been World War two huh? and then they helped them uh, restructure their government so there's like that's what part of the reason why English is is the mainly main spoken language but even the way their schools are structured, the way the government is structured, uh, you know, the a lot of the restaurants, a lot of the food that they eat, even like local chains, are very much American, Americanized or American influenced. And even like you going to like Seven Eleven, I mean, I've been Seven Eleven in Hong Kong, and I definitely didn't see as many like American snacks and drinks and
1: type snack. Yeah. yeah was it you or somebody else that was telling me they got like tgi Fridays yeah they've got yeah and, and outback outback
2: and steakhouse tgi friday um i was trying to think of this
1: buffalo wild wings and all that
2: every uh, almost every chain that you could think of like and i mean harrison pointed out one specific chain it was like a steakhouse that he was like dude it, in it's it, it's in new it's from it started in new york and it's not even like a crazy chain in the u.s it's you know yeah. It's kind of like a niche steakhouse, and it's in the Philippines. And you're like, <laughs> "Why?" You know, and you know, it's just because <laughs> they just have that that influence there. You know, um,
1: this maybe, maybe the owner thought Philippines oh, was dope and wanted to excuse to be. Dope? Yeah,
2: there's Tim Hortons, which which was crazy for me because I hadn't seen Tim Hortons in fucking four years. Uh, yeah. Tim Hortons coffee, like in. You know, it was just, it just it's just it's
1: that's a that's a Canadian thing. Yeah, isn't it's it? a
2: Canadian coffee chain. It's a number one. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like yeah. I mean, yeah. You can be, you can basically it's as close to living in a Western. It's as close to living in the West as you can get in Southeast Asia. I would say. Yeah. And then the the people and you know the people are it's again a perfect blend of Asian culture and Western culture. And of course, All and right. of course the women are gorgeous and amazing. So, you know, it's like <laughs> the only negatives really are traffic. And then um I I think I you know, no disrespect, but like people are operating on island time. And my editor, our editor Casey's listening to this, <laughs> and he was he was the one who said it. So <laughs> so, yeah. so I mean it's just the reality. but you have to just factor that in. I was talking to some of the entrepreneurs and I was like how do you deal with that like cuz you know I've noticed I I've, you know when I was trying to meet up with certain people um you know it would be like hey let's meet at 7:30 and really 7:30 me- meant 8 8:30 you know um yeah
1: so, so you just for sure, for sure it was yeah frustrating I experienced that but when I when I lived yeah. in yeah when I lived in Spain I experienced that but they were even later than 8:30 to a 7:30 meeting but you know, you, you, you learn how to adapt to to the to the different scenarios when you're when you are somewhere. It doesn't even become a negative after a while. It's just kinda of It is it is
2: what it is. Yeah, well I mean that's eight thirty for some like there's some people that showed up two hours late, you know, it was like and in my like at the beginning I was frustrated, but then um, you know, I was like, Okay, this is not a disrespect thing towards me. This is just it it like it happened with so many different people. I was like, Oh, this is just what happened. So I was yeah. talking to one of the guys.
1: People are on that time, but then if you also said
2: that the traffic's that bad, you also have to. It's too, like it's, it's yeah too. it's it's both it's both because they they might like you might even check Google Maps or Waze and it'll say thirty minutes, but it's actually an hour with traffic. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, like things time. like that, like where somebody would tell me, "Yeah, I'm thirty minutes away," but in reality, they were like an hour away. Um, and then so one of the guys, yeah,
1: Bangkok, Bangkok. Bangkok's like that, man. If you book a, a grab taxi, which is their, you know, Uber, um, you know, in Bangkok, if you're in Sukhumvit, man, and you book a grab taxi, it might be three or four minutes away from you, but that could take up to like twenty five minutes. You know, that three minute estimated arrival. If he's on the other side of the street, man, and he's got to go one block over to turn around, man, you might be there for a half an hour.
2: Yeah. So one of the guys I spoke to. And I was I was talking to him about that, and he was just like, "What you have to do is, if you schedule a meeting with somebody, um, and it's important, let's say it's a business meeting, and you 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 know you've got your schedule for the day, and it's time sensitive. If you if you're worried about them being late, just go to where they are. So that's what he does. Like he'll he'll schedule meetings with people, and then he'll just go to where they are because he's like, if if he's relying on them meeting at a mutual place, then it's not going to work." You know, um, depending on his, his yeah. schedule, or he'll try to set it up where it's like somewhere very close to where that person is. So, like, he'll try to set it up at a coffee shop right next to that person's office or you know house or something like that. Um, oh, and then the second part. Yeah, for sure. know, The second part is just factoring in the time. So you know, if you say if you really want to meet somebody at nine a.m., you tell them. 7 seven thirty, 30 or, or whatever you tell them 30 minutes earlier mm-hmm. like you just tell them like yeah. a, a different time and then the third thing was uh what's the third thing the third thing was like let's say you scheduled out an hour for the meeting and then the person shows up 30 minutes late then you just have to cut the meeting by 30 minutes to keep it short and you know and just focus on the the, the right. main things that you wanted to talk about so he's like you just have to adapt to it
1: probably the best probably the best way about it would be to try to get everybody to come to you, you know.
2: Well, no, because then that creates a situation like I said where let's say you're saying, "Hey, let's have a meeting and come to my office," but then you need to go to the gym at 3. You know what I mean? And then you tell them that yeah. you tell them to come to your office at 2, and really they're going to show up at 3:30. It kind of messes up your schedule for the day. Like you don't know necessarily when they're going to show up. You just think between two to like three thirty, they might show up. So it's better for you to actually go to them because then you control what time you know you show up, right? That's interesting, man. Yeah, There's just things like that. So I mean, yeah, those are the only two negatives I could think of when I was there. Is just like traffic and then you know um, people being
1: just getting the time that.
2: aspect and stuff like that. But you know, there's you, you figure it out. Nothing's nothing's perfect.
1: That's cool, man. Sounds like a good trip. Yeah. So
2: what did you do during Chinese New Year?
1: Chinese New Year for me was intense, man. I did a basketball trip. I wasn't sure that I was going to um that I was going to get a little a little tour together, but um you know, I think we started February 6th was the first day of of Chinese New Year and you know, by January 15th I had had a lot of people contacting me looking for for players for the different games and, and tournaments that were going on during Chinese New Year. And I just decided to get a cu- couple guys from the States um, and then work with guys who were already out in China or guys that I have brought out before that were bringing themselves to China to half work with me, half work with um, you know other opportunities that they had out there. But um, yeah, man, I did February 6th. I think I got there on February 4th because we had to go to Hong Kong for... Uh, something SFA, and then from February 5th until February 17th, we were just everywhere, man. Um, I I've been in this uh, smaller city about three hours west of Guangzhou. It's called Nping. I've been going there for the last four or five years. Um, it's one of the 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 bosses or uh, a close friend of mine. He actually brought his family out to Chiang Mai, and I showed them all over Chiang Mai. We've been we've been homies for a long time, and he always has a a tournament. Uh, an outdoor local tournament and he invites me and a couple of uh guys that i bring out for those games so we went there and then from there it was just madness and i had guys traveling all over the country and what happens to you know i i can't remember the last time i talked about wild ball on the podcast but um you know sometimes during these uh village games especially during chinese new year because because as i'm sure most of you have heard you know, it's the largest migration, human migration in history. You know, you have uh, how many? 800 million people traveling back to their hometowns from... Um,
2: mm, yeah, no, I think it's, what's it's around 500. Well, from Last Train Home, which I think was in
1: two thousand. Seven or whatever, man. That was probably like five, to six yeah. years ago now. What would they say? 500 yeah, million. Yeah, it was around 500 million. So, watch watch last year. Definitely between that range 500, 800 million. Well, t- at least twice, the you know, almost twice the population of America moving around at the same time. Everybody goes back to their hometowns. And a lot of these places, they, they have basketball tournaments. It's part of the hometown festivities. So, um, yeah, after those first two days in Enping, it was just madness, man. And a lot of these people. They don't plan so well, you know. Some of the some of the things I have planned 2 3 weeks before I'm getting to China, some of this stuff they're calling me that night, you know, to get people there for a game tomorrow morning. Uh-huh. You know, they learn that the opposing team's going to have a foreigner, they learn that, you know, they didn't think they were going to win the semifinal game and they won and now they have to play, you know, a really tough team in the morning, so they're calling me asking for guys. And just some of the, some of the travel situations I put these guys in are crazy, you know, it's, um, it's really nuts what, what, you know, they're willing to do to get out there and, and play ball and make some money. But it's super fun, man. There's, it's, you know, especially now, cause I know the game, I know who, who to talk to. I know what situations to try to avoid. Um, you know, I know how to structure the deal so nobody gets burned. So, um, and the guys that I work with now, I filtered out. You know, are, are the guys that have given me problems or, or can't really handle this type of scenario, I, I, I'm just not able to work with them as much. So I got a group of guys that I really love working with, but um, some of the some of the situations they have are crazy, man. So I, I had this one team playing in Guanxi, which I'll get back to in a minute. That was a really cool experience, um, and also the probably the biggest regret is I couldn't get a camera guy ready in time for the trip so I had aspirations to have my buddy following me and the guys around the entire trip to do you know get as much content as possible and that didn't happen got some video here and there so I have something to show for it but um, that, that that's the only real downside to to the trip this year but um, I was trying to get to the story about this travel so I had one team playing a tournament in Guangxi they lost their game okay so Let's say they had a uh, a game at like eight seven thirty eight thirty p.m. They lost. They're done by about ten. I have somebody hitting me up saying that there's a game in Lanzhou tomorrow at one p.m. and they need guys. So if you know anything about China, you take a look at the map. Guanxi is pretty much all the way south. <laughs> it's southwest China. It's uh, straight west straight shot west from Guangzhou. So it's far South China. Guangzhou is about, about as far North as you're going to get. It's Northwest part of China. And, um, you know, these guys finished playing at eight, eight, or excuse me, about 10, 10 30. I closed the deal for the game about midnight twelve thirty. So, so they're waiting for me to confirm that, that all the, the deal is going to go down. That's twelve thirty-one in the morning. I have a car waiting at the airport or excuse me, waiting at the hotel for them about three thirty-four in the morning. They drive two hours to the to the Nanning, you know, which is the largest city in Guangxi Airport. Uh-huh. They get on a, an airplane about seven, they take a three hour forty minute flight to Lanzhou, get off the flight, someone's waiting there at the airport, they pick them up, they drive three and a half hours. To a village now mind you it's february in northern china so we're talking about a cold scenario here they drive three and a half hours to the game everybody at the game is waiting for them it's an outdoor middle of nowhere basketball court in the mountains playing outside on a dusty court against a bunch of locals and um you know that we i have video from the game it's just it's just mods, you know all all, all the the Muslim Chinese with their with their white hats on outside going crazy. It's it's, uh, it's a real experience, man. It's so it's so interesting to see all the different you know um, cities and, and, and villages that we come across. And like I said, a lot of this stuff is so last minute. And you know, with that many people traveling, you can imagine how crazy busy the airports and train stations are. And a lot of times, you know, especially if you're caught in an area like Guanxi around the eighth or ninth day of new year. And then you're trying to get back towards Guangzhou. The the trains are booked for like five, six days out, you know, to the point where they don't even accept bookings. They don't even accept reservations. So you have to get creative, man. If you want to, if you want to max out and make as much money as possible and jump on all these games, you really got to get creative with, with how you're getting these guys in and out of these cities. Um, you know it was just this is a super busy 15 days it was a ton of fun were any of the players there for the first time yeah man uh one guy was work- well i guess it was, it was the second time to china but um well yeah i had a few guys i had one guy uh he's from milwaukee I, he's living in chicago now i met him uh really really talented player super chill it was his first time to china uh he handled it like a pro um he is a pro he's been in different countries he actually i don't want to get too deep into his personal business but he had a really really horrible situation in um in a country he was playing in in eastern europe he went out with some buddies and got they got they got attacked at a uh at a nightclub nice. and um yeah and and yeah man it was actually a, almost a near-death experience for him As Fucking crazy! So he's been taking almost a year off to just kind of recuperate. So this was his first basketball experience. So you know he had some, uh, you know, apprehension towards traveling abroad, going to a different environment. But you know, China's pretty chill. So Chinese New Year's a great time to be there. Everybody's in a good mood and and chilling. You know, and you don't feel under under threat at any time. So he did great, man. He had a, he had a, he had a really good time. He played great. Um, it was really good good to work with him. And then I worked with another guy, man, who who um, really was just uh it was an interesting experience being around them. Um, uh, my buddy Mamadou, he's, he's been living in the USA for over a decade, but originally from Senegal, and he's uh, he, he's about seven foot five. Oof. So he's a big dude, man. And he's not. He's, Shaq was he's, he's Shaq seven foot, six, right? No, Shaq's about seven, seven one. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mama is yeah, about four inches taller than than him. Mama du is about the same size as. Yeah, well, I was about the same. Maybe you know. maybe slightly shorter. Yeah. So he and he's long. He's kind of ra- ra- uh, wiry and long. So I mean, man, dude. I, I think I've talked before on the podcast just about how you know we go to some of these villages and some of these places and and we're just mobbed. You know what I mean? Mm. Even me, I'm mobbed. But you can imagine how six eight, six nine, six ten, seven foot you know black dudes with you know a lot of tattoos and a certain style are received in some of these villages and it's just like when we were we're were with him it was almost to the point where those guys weren't even acknowledged you know compared to how it usually is like people were really leaving them alone and you know every single person he walked past during the entire time we were there he was the tallest person they've ever seen in their life Mm -hmm. No, well, he'd be, the, to- By a he'd be lot.
2: the tallest person I'd
1: ever seen in my life. Like <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. So it's just like, oh my gosh. It's it's a, almost, in a lot of situations, I felt bad for him because it was just an absolute circus, man. Just people are following him around everywhere, man. It was like nothing I've ever seen. And I've seen some fucking crazy, crazy stuff in terms of, of Chinese people, you know, grabbing you, trying to take pictures, jumping all over you, just in awe of you, this type of stuff. It, it, it was just exponential level man with 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 this guy and you know people would be following him around just watching him for 45 minutes at a time you know to the point where i had to like yell at people to get away from him it was it was almost awkward um at at times almost awkward it 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 (laughs) it was very awkward at times but it was fun man it was cool just to have him around he's a chill guy and um, you know, you can tell sometimes he's uncomfortable, but I, I think he handled it real well. And he definitely likes being around the other guys. Cause we treat him like a normal person, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, I will say about the trip. If I get another chance to, to do the same tournament we did this year, which is going on, I think it's like second or third year in Guangxi. It's a really unique experience, man. It's a really, it's a bustling small city. um, Actually, actually, the name escapes me right now. The city, but it's not far from a place called Guigang. G-U-I-G-A-N-G mm-hmm. is the closest um, larger city. And um, it's just bustling, man. There's so many people and so much going on at every hour of the day. It's one of those type cities. And they have a big-ass uh, gymnasium. And they have about three uh, makeshift uh, courts outside of the stadium. So there's four to five courts all within proximity, all on this one um, location. It was really nice, man. Outside the courts, they have this giant park with like a kid's amusement park and a, a really nice uh, trees and shrubbery well taken care of. And it was just cool. It was a really well-run tournament. It's really interesting in terms of the the rules of the game. You know, most of the times it's kind of anything goes or two foreigners per team or three foreigners per team. But this one has specific rules where you get three foreigners, but only three non-locals, but only two of them can be on the court at the same time. So that's a whole nother can of worms, just how it affects the game. You know, it's, it's, it, it really weighs into who you're selecting for these teams. And it was just cool, man. It was, it was a really packed, packed, um, stadium, massive amount of people tons of energy is it was, it, was, it was a ton of fun man and then we closed out the tour way up north in taiyuan which is uh in shanxi province a little bit west of beijing and we played against uh a pr- three different pro teams the second level pro teams out there and we um we mopped the floor with them man we had a really good team and yeah man uh, that was that was my chinese new year super super busy i didn't really get to to Many other, you know, tasks and, and, you know, no no SFA stuff, obviously, because it's Chinese New Year. But all the other things that I was trying to do kind of got put on hold. And I just, you know, went 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 crazy for 10 plus days there out, out in China for, for basketball. Um,
2: I think the last time you talked about Wild Ball, I don't remember which episode it was, but you, you'd mentioned that you think it's slowing down is that still the case or or it's
1: yeah it's just changing man it, it's evolving in, in weird ways i don't think there's as many opportunities as there used to be i don't think there's as much money as there used to be uh wechat has definitely changed the game because a lot of these people just connect uh directly to the players even if they're not in china you know they'll they'll find them some of these chinese agents will find them on instagram and talk to them through there so it's just it's a way more saturated market um you know i think there's less uh how to say like dirty dirty under the table money than, than there was before i think some of these bosses in these small cities were betting massive amounts of money and i don't think i know that's still the case in some locations but not quite as much as it was before um So it's just changing, man. It's just changing, you know, just like everything in China. The the market's rapidly altering and and evolving into, you know, a different beast. All right. Cool. I think that's a
2: good place to leave it. All right. So, guys, if you like this kind of content, like, uh, share it, subscribe to the podcast, and... If you want to reach out to us as a podcast at sourcefinancial.com, uh, check out the show notes at slash media China.
1: Yeah, and uh, if you guys have any interest in any of the basketball stuff that I'm doing, you can look at China Ball Tours, China Ball Tours.com. And I'm also on, on Instagram posting some of the content and some of the stuff that we do um, on our tours. Very cool. Surf sub nigga,
0: surf club nigga, yeah. Don't touch nigga. Uh, pull up in a Gucci store, spending like a nigga got money. Tell a guard block off the door. Six months I'm on
2: the
1: Forbes. Headed downtown with a bougie, bumping out the bins, no boozy Pull up in a Dior suit, tell a bitch hop out the roof.